0: Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson. I'm an assistant professor of pastoral ministry and author in residence at Midwestern Seminary. And I'm here as always with my friend, my colleague, and my co host, Ross Ferguson. How are you, brother? You started really quickly.
1: I'm still filling up things on my phone. <laughs> Notes for today's episode. <laughs> I heard co-host. Oh, hang on. I need to be paying attention. You are multitask. Well, I'm not okay. very good at
0: it. So you know, I don't think men are great at multitasking. No. Talking it's about wiring
1: just, of the brain. Like what's going on in this room? Your shirt has distracted me. M- what's wrong most with of this morning? Because <laughs> it's flowers. It's, it's it's a lot of flowers. Yeah. is I don't even know. Is it flowers? Yeah, it is flowers. It looks like flowers. I'm in like the typical striped shirt. Yeah. But yeah. Do I do not know. typical? I, typical for what? I don't know. Professional <laughs> environments? Who knows? I don't know if I've ever seen this. <laughs> this is a button-up. It's not like I'm wearing like a Hawaiian shirt <laughs> I, here. This is a
0: button-up. I got it's long sleeve. I, mean, trying to I have long say, sleeve. You got short, short sleeves sleeve. on You look like you're selling ice cream <laughs> on the, at the baseball field or something.
1: I'm trying to figure out if I've ever seen you wear this shirt before.
0: Well, you know what it is. This was in me. My uh, I uh, need to lose weight. Side of the closet. Okay. And now that I'm, it's you opened know, up. Now that it's wearable. Okay. So there's a whole side of my wardrobe I can wear now. So this is going to be interesting. a Few weeks. So yeah, we'll yeah. see. I'm curious now. Like I don't know. This episode is going to come out first week of November, second yeah. week of November. By the time we're recording this, I'm going to weigh myself yeah. Saturday to see where I'm at. I hope that by the time this comes out, I've hit the 50 pound. Okay. That's that's my goal. Is like mid November ish. Mm. To Hit 50 pounds. And two weeks ago from this recording, I was at 38. Okay. I would hope that by now I've lost maybe another three. Yeah. So it may be doable. Another Mm. six weeks from now, another seven pounds. I'm going.
1: December 15th. Okay. 30 pounds. That's the target. And I'm currently 21 pounds down. So I've got nine more to go to the end of the year. Well done. We're just, you know, and next year, my aim is to put it all back on. Uh, no, it's not really. It's yeah, not keeping really. it off. Keeping is it the off deal. is hard. Uh, uh, welcome to the FTC Fitness Podcast.
0: Yeah, well, you know what's great is besides the negative review of my shirt, I get. Good, <laughs> I've been getting good reviews of my weight loss. Maybe I don't know if you have as well. It's but,
1: not that it's a bad shirt. It's just yeah. I've never seen you wear a shirt like this. Okay. So I well, feel really bad. This now. is a,
0: an audio medium, so no one can really see <laughs> what my shirt looks like. Here comes a review eye-opening, like my shirt. (laughs) BGH00810 says, eye-opening, five stars. Thank you guys. Love this podcast. The podcast that aired today helped me realize that every time I open my Bible, God is speaking. I've been reading my Bible, listening to the Bible, listening to podcasts about the Bible, and reading books that are written because of the Bible every day for the last three plus years. I've seen God work so much in my life, and it took hearing that to help me realize that it isn't instantaneous every single time. Forever grateful. Look at that, changing lives, yeah. one podcast episode at a time. Here comes J-Rob, J-Rob17, says, Great show, five stars. He asks a question for the mailbag, which we answered in our last episode. Mm-hmm. So You can go back and hear J-Rob's question, but he has another question. When is Jared going to write more sci-fi, preferably sci-fi with cows dying? <laughs> which is a, man, that's a under-the-radar reference. That's a really obscure reference to the first book I ever wrote, which was not the first book that ever got published, but it got published later, a novel called World, which opens with a cow dying. <laughs> so, is that
1: the green cover?
0: No, that's Echo Island. Echo Island. Yeah. No. Yeah, Otherworld came out from David C. Cook a number of years ago. First book I ever wrote when I was trying to just be a novelist. And I don't know if I'd classify it sci-fi. It does revolve around the idea of UFOs, but there's no actual UFOs. It's more of a supernatural thriller. You heard
1: it here. There is no actual UFOs. In the
0: book. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I mean, there are actual UFOs. Because All UFO means is let's,
1: unidentified. Let's, as, like the Loch Ness to Monster To say there are UFOs to, is
0: not the same thing as saying there are, there are flying saucers. No, you're not going to get me involved in unidentified. this. Unidentified. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to have to bring in a guest on. Break the rule now. (laughs) Big Podcast Listener Jordan. Man, what a great title. Big Podcast Listener Jordan. I love his. Big fun. Five stars. And the review just says, oh, I like. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I love that one. Thank you, Big Podcast Listener Jordan. Oh, I like. Oh, I Mm -hmm. like. Thank you. Yeah, I like that review. And then finally, Tim Counts. Love Tim. He's a dear brother. He pastors a church in Vermont, Mm. my former stopping grounds. He's been there a number of years in Manchester. Actually, at the time of this recording, we're going to see Tim in a couple of weeks for the Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary study tour Mm. of New England. So looking forward to connecting with him in person. Tim Counts writes, refreshing five stars. The For the Church podcast is refreshing because they're real guys talking about real issues. I find it to be like a cup of coffee overflowing with Gospelly goodness. Here's looking at you, Jared. He writes, "Really, give it a listen, especially if you are in vocational ministry." So, yeah, hey,
1: thanks so much, Tim. So, Tim, you're a nice guy. Why can't you look at me and see gospelly goodness? <laughs> well, I
0: think it's the gospel because he, I'm the gospelly publishing guy. I guess I put gospelly in everything, gospelicious. But, but you're gospelicious. Give people time. Don't get to know how gospelly good you are, man. Well. You know what's I not can gospel-y? Think, Getting I, upset with this guy for I, not calling you And That's you a really good segue. That's being legalistic about gospel centrality. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that segues into a topic, Tim. You've oh, helped me. Uh,
0: you've helped me here. Yeah, Ross, you gotta forgive Tim. Today's topic is when it's hard to forgive. Mm. When it's hard to forgive, we're talking about those situations where, man, you really find yourself either in an unmovable conflict with someone or a hurt or a wound that's just so deep, you don't know if healing is going to come this Mm -hmm. side of heaven or maybe healing could come if somebody would just apologize and they're not even acknowledging they did anything wrong or they just don't care or they're apathetic, whatever it is, we have all found ourselves in this situation. And most of us probably can think of a situation we're in right now with somebody, the state of our relationship with somebody from our past or present where it's just hard to forgive. It's super common to just, it's part of the human experience. But for the Christian experience, do we have an option? Must we forgive everyone? That's a big question. That's a big question. What do you think, Ross? Must we forgive everyone? It's not an easy answer. Because here's what's going- I think there's a clear answer, but it's not easy.
1: Yeah, here's the thing that's going in my head. Lots of people will say, but what happens if they're not repentant? What happens if they don't care? What happens if they're going to hurt you again? You know, what happens if they've never confessed that sin to you? You know, there's a long line of questions and I keep coming back to the same answer. Yes, you must forgive as Christ
0: forgave you. Colossians 3.13, bear with one another. Mm -hmm. And if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And it's a must. The verse that came to my mind
1: was Proverbs ten twelve. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offences. Mm. If you say, I refuse to forgive because you haven't confessed, because you're going to do it again, because you don't really mean your apology, that's hatred building in your heart. It's bitterness, it's frustration, it's anger, it's doubt, it's question, it's fear. But actually love covers all offences. Why? Where do we see that? Christ on the cross, his love covering every offence, Every offense can be forgiven in Him. So how could we ever yeah. lay an offense to somebody else and say I can't forgive you?
0: So let me just play devil's advocate here. Not that the devil needs any av- nope. advocate. Certainly not for the church. But let me just play critic's advocate yeah, here. Yeah, sure. Christ, let's say I'm a Calvinist. Okay. Christ's blood is sufficient for the forgiveness of all, but it doesn't atone for everyone, because we're not universalists. Yep. I guess you don't—I right. don't think you need to be a Calvinist even to think that. But we would agree that Christ's blood covers the—you yes. can cover the sins of the whole world, but there are people who go to hell because they're yep. not forgiven. Yep. So he didn't—the atonement wasn't effective for everyone. Yes. Potentially so, but it isn't. So if Jesus doesn't forgive everyone—he didn't really forgive everyone yep. because people go to hell— Does that mean I have to forgive? Why would I have to forgive everyone?
1: So here's what comes to my mind. And
0: I'll try and make this short. (laughs) I mean, we got some time. We're only 10 minutes in. Take whatever time you
1: need. Garden of Eden. God is present with Adam and Eve. After the fall, we have the temple. God is present at the temple, the tabernacle. New Testament, we have the temple sacrificial system. And we're seeing that if you want to be near God, you go to the temple with your sacrifice. Then we have Christ, and I'm doing a big, fast overview. Then we have Christ. Christ is our avenue to the Heavenly Father. He is what brings us close to the Father. But where does Christ dwell? He doesn't dwell in a temple. He dwells within us. We have the Spirit of God himself in us, which means if we are in Christ, we are to take upon his attributes as our lives. So to actively not forgive is to say, I'm going against what Christ did in giving himself as a sacrifice so that some would be forgiven. Hmm. And we're saying, humanly, we're deciding who does and does not get forgiven. And that's not a responsibility that's been given to us. And we're to live as Christ is in us. Are we saying if we refuse to forgive, that is a Christ-like
0: thing? That's so so long. not to camp out on the critics advocate piece again, but I've been asked this before. I'm yeah. sure you have as well. Oh yeah, Somebody will say... Well, Jesus, yeah, he, he forgives people, but the people who receive that forgiveness are people who repent. Like, only the only people in heaven, the only people who are forgiven of their sins are those who repent of their sins and put their faith in him. So, if someone is not going to repent, I don't need to forgive because God okay. didn't, you know, God only forgives the repentant. I point to the cross in response to that, but mm. to a different place. Okay. I point to Jesus What was the Spirit of Christ towards those who were actively unrepentant, murdering him, gambling for his clothes? He says, Father, forgive Forgive them. them. They haven't confessed. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah, Yeah. they haven't confessed. They haven't walked away from it. So the Spirit of Christ, this is Mm. why I say, and and I'll tease this out a bit more shortly as well, we are to forgive even people who are not repentant. Yeah. Because the Spirit of Christ is a unilateral forgiveness. And in fact— It's a unilateral grace. It's a preemptive grace. So even the fact that you repented, so if you're a repentant person, you did not initiate that. That was initiated by the grace of God. Mm -hmm. In a sense, his blood applied to you, affected you, and you repented and received his forgiveness. But you didn't initiate that. He initiated that. Mm -hmm. And so in the same way, our spirit to be the spirit of Christ is to have a spirit of forgiveness. And the other thing I would say in response to that is, there is no place in Scripture where we're commanded forgiveness unless someone yep. has not something. repented. Yep. Yes. We're just told to forgive. You know, Matthew 6, right there in the, in the Sermon on the Mount. If you forgive others their trespasses, your Heavenly Father will forgive you. If you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Yeah. Yep. He is binding up our spirit of forgiveness with our own relationship yeah. with Him.
1: That's exactly where I was going to take us, mm. is the Lord's Prayer. And and it's the interesting thing of, you know, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors, that idea of if, if Christ has forgiven us, how could we ever not forgive somebody else? Like it's the opposite of the cross, it's the opposite of Christ. To say, I'm going to hold this sin against you, even though I've had all my sins covered, I'm going to still hold this sin against you. And in some senses, that's pharisaical behavior. That's what we're seeing in the New Testament. We are important people before God. You are not. You must do what we tell you to do. And holding someone's sin over them is like that. Here's the thing is, though, in hypotheticals, we can say, yes. Yeah, we can sound very bold. (laughs) We can sound very bold. You must forgive. Yeah, You must forgive. Well, I mean, that's what Jesus Um, said. Yeah, the question is more... Not should we, because the answer is yes. The question is more how How? can we? Because, you know, I can forgive somebody, you know, cutting me off in conversation or saying something not particularly nice. But let's go more towards the extremes of what is fairly common now, marital issues. Individuals having affairs or, or issues within the marital home kids disowning their parents because the parents decided to raise them in a Christian home and the kids wanting to say nothing to it. People causing harm to you. You know, there's loads of cases we see in the news of, you know, people killing other individuals and and somebody in the room, a Christian in the room saying, I forgive you. You know, like those, we're talking extreme hard moments. And I'm going to start here. It is hard to forgive in the big, serious moments of life if you've not made a daily practice of forgiving the small things of just letting those things drop off your shoulders and just be, you know, I know your intentions were were of evil there, but but I pray that God will be using this. I forgive you. And it's one of those things of, it's hard to do the big things if you're not doing the small things on the way. And so if you're finding yourself growing in bitterness towards something, what you'll probably find is a lot of other things are going on as well that you've not forgiven, you've not built towards But
0: that, that's, I think, the harder bit, the how. Not yeah. not the if we should, but the how. Yeah, well, I also think some folks, they don't really understand what forgiveness mm. is or what it entails. And I think disentangling forgiveness from repentance is helpful here on a couple of levels. One, because it means, you know, it means just as we said, you can yeah. forgive someone who's not repentant. But it also means that we're separating What I can do from what may happen and what it needs to be done for our relationship. So I, you know, usually talk to folks about three categories, forgiveness, repentance, and reconciliation. To forgive someone doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be reconciled to them, particularly if they're not repentant. And I'm thinking not just of marital situations, but any situation where there's unrepentant harm being done, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, physical abuse or emotional abuse or just someone who— continues to do you wrong. They're yeah. going to defraud you, or they're cheating you, and they won't stop, or those sorts of things. What does forgiveness look like? Where well, forgiveness doesn't mean that you let somebody abuse you. Yeah. It doesn't mean you let somebody walk all over you. That's not what forgiveness means. And some people, I think, have been further harmed because they've been counseled to say, hey, if you forgive them, you're allowing them to continue to, You know, yeah. to, to do this. You become a doormat or, or something like that. I don't think that's what forgiveness means. No. I think it means foregoing personal vengeance. Yeah. It doesn't mean necessarily forgoing justice. Maybe this person needs, you know, the authorities need to be involved. Yeah, And that's a help to them, actually. You're mm-hmm. not loving them to let them continue in sin if you can prevent it. Forgiving them simply means I'm handing this to the Lord. I'm letting go of the personal offense. That doesn't mean we're going to be best buddies or best friends or yeah. that we're going to even be in the same house together anymore or whatever the situation may be. Forgiveness means I'm foregoing vengeance. Vengeance yeah. belongs to the Lord, not to me. We're gonna we're square as that is concerned. But if you're not repentant, mm. we can't be in the same level of relationship. I think it's appropriate yeah. to have you know boundaries in some of those situations. But it,
1: don't lose the heart of wanting reconciliation. Oh, for sure, right, exactly. You know, you you might not be able to have it in that moment, but I've heard it, and I've even been in you know counseling meetings where people have said, "Look, I have forgiven you. I'm not holding this against you." I don't think we can be as close as we once were, and I think to get to full reconciliation, we're probably going to need to see this. And again, it's my heart's for that. You know, you've cheated with me, you've you've done this thing against me. I think it will take time for us to build that trust again, and I want to do that. I just had a meeting with somebody even recently, and we had got off on the wrong foot, and our relationship wasn't particularly good, and we kind of had to get to that point of just saying, okay, that was done, Mm. and we're going to leave that. We're not going to hold that against each other. But we're not just starting immediately as friends. Like it's it's gonna take time to build up. And that was the deal. That yeah. that was the the desire, the want for reconciliation is there, but it will take time. But forgiveness, no, that doesn't take time. You have that. I, I understand now. Yeah. Or even I still disagree with you, but disagreement doesn't mean we're at odds with each other. It just means we disagree. We don't need to forgive each other for our disagreement. Yeah. But it's our behaviors in that Oh, my word. You just soiled. I just. Uh, You're going to need forgiveness for this. I'm going to need forgiveness. What I was just, in that, Iron Brew? No, not Iron Brew. I just spilt my uh, fluid intake uh, di- <laughs> down my jeans and on the Onto floor. Onto the floor of the Spurgeon um, studio. Well, Spurgeon will have to forgive me. Um, <laughs> but I, I think, I'm not sure Spurgeon you've got to be worried about. No. <laughs> yeah, there's some I'm glad it wasn't you. on
0: this side of the table. Uh, yeah. Um, are <laughs> uh, El Presidente sits. El Presidente. <laughs>
1: But I, I think it's one of those things of we're not trying to say that you have to always be in agreement, always be in unity, always be reconciled. What we're saying is if Christ can, can be on that cross and forgive those that are going against them, it, Christ is saying in your prayers, pray to help for you to forgive others. If Christ is saying, forgive as you have been forgiven, the rest will come
0: its way. That's the starting point. It has a heart, a want, a desire to seek forgiveness. In some relationships, it may be necessary to close the door. In some relationships, it may be necessary to lock the door. Mm. But in no relationships is it necessary to throw the key away. Absolutely. You you put the key in your pocket so that you're ready, always ready for reconciliation. But that may not come unless someone we should talk about repentance, too, what that means, because mm-hmm. some will say, hey, man, they've, they've apologized every single time. and But if they go right back to the same behavior, yeah, an apology yeah. is not repentance. No. It may be the beginning. It, it may be how they're introducing, hey, man, I really um, – I'm sorry for what I did and, you know, X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. That's great. But then does their behavior show that they're actually sorry for yeah. what they did? But the apology itself is not is not repentance. So it may be that you say to someone, yeah. hey, I forgive you. I mean, I said this to people in the past. I forgive you. Like, I'm not going to be bad talking to you. Mm. This isn't anything I'm going to be dwelling on every day. And we can be reconciled someday. But until you change your behavior, like, I don't see how that could happen. Yeah. And that's just where the state of the thing goes. It's not It's not up to us to be reconciled with somebody no. if they don't want to reconcile. But it is up to us to forgive. forgive
1: yeah. Here's my question. Do you have to say it out loud to somebody or do you have to write it to someone? So he, here's the thing. Someone's hurt you. Something's happened. They're not in your lives anymore. Yeah. And you found that your heart has actually gone to forgive them for those things. Do you need to tell them that? Do you need to open up that conversation again? Do you need to email that person Do you need to make sure that they know they are forgiven?
0: Not necessarily. Unless you, like, if the person knows that it was a significant Mm. issue, you you know, maybe so. But I don't think, if it's just someone has hurt you, maybe they don't even know. The ability to forgive them, I don't think, needs you to reach out. That could create a whole other issue or cause them, you know, problems. If you're actually forgiving them, why is it you want to communicate? Is it Mm. to like, I want you to know I'm the bigger spiritual person? You know, There's things that we need to interrogate in our own hearts. And I would say this is another reason. Aside from, I mean, we don't need another reason other than that we've commanded to forgive. But there were a couple of ministers in my early ministry life who just really hurt me, like wounded me deeply at a time that was very formative for me. That I was looking for mentors, I was looking for you know someone to take me under their wing, looking for someone to invest in me. And instead, I had two authority figures that basically said, "You don't have what it takes. We're yeah. not we're not going to help you. We're not you know interested and and we're you know just actively hurting me. And I carried that around for years. Like I left that situation. I was only in that situation for a year or so. Left that context, moved out of state. Years go by and I'm just bitter and hurt and angry and thinking about this constantly, how they almost ran me out of church and all these sorts of things. And a number of years went by, almost 10 years. And one morning I'm like, they're not thinking about me. (laughs) Like it occurred to me like there's not a day they get up thinking we really stuck it to Jared 10 years ago. Yeah. Like they're not thinking about me. I'm actually giving them more authority over me spiritually. Mm. Like I'm letting them continue to hurt me just by the way I'm mm. you know stewing in this and brewing in this and nursing this hurt, yeah, coddling this hurt in my heart. And I thought I ju- I just need to hand this over to God. Yeah. Like I I forgive them. Well, I didn't send an email or make a phone call or say to them. Yeah. they probably would have said, "What are you talking about?" You know what I mean. <laughs> And I, I think I shared this with the PTC guys recently. I mean, ten years after that, one of those guys who was alerted to the hurt by a mutual friend mm-hmm. and which he didn't even remember as I expected, he reached out and apologized. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, if this had happened ten years previous, he apologized. I probably would not have been in place to receive it. Yeah. I probably would have been like, Well, yeah. And I wouldn't you, you should know. Have, yeah. I would have stick it to you know yeah. to him. But ten years on from having just forgiven him, I was like, yeah. Oh brother, like I you know, I, I forgave that. Huh. But even if he had never emailed it was important for me to just before the lord in my own heart say those guys don't owe me anything anymore yeah. i'm 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 letting this go i yeah. cancel that debt
1: it makes me think of ephesians 4:32 be kind to one another tender hearted forgiving one another as god in christ forgave you kindness it's a kindness to others to say i'm going to just cancel that out. i'm not going to yeah. let you become this evil person in my mind i'm not going to make this more than it is you did me wrong, it was wrong, but God has continued to bless me in this way or that way. And I think that's where you have to do it in the small scale on the everyday, like just just that hour of kindness each day. You know, when a guy comes up to me and Athena student center and says, I am bruised disgusting. (laughs) I'm just going to be kind towards him and go, okay, "Okay, cool. But here's the thing is, I could take that as an offense, something small. I could take that as an offense, but I'm actually going to say, do you know what? Christ has forgiven me of so many things. I'm just going to be kind and just let that roll off my shoulders. The thing is, some things don't roll off your shoulders. And as you say, it takes years before you're at that point to say, I can be generous in heart towards that individual
0: and and forgive them. Sometimes the mileage of years gives you a different perspective. Mm. Not that it makes anything that was done wrong against you right, but Mm. you become maybe more advocates for people yeah. That, you know, it's, it's a very common experience through the teenage years, young adulthood, people who are upset with their parents. My parents don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to raise me or whatever. Then you become a parent and you become much more forgiving of how yep. your parents parented yep. you because— you begin to think things like, oh, as the mm-hmm. oldest child, I was the first kid, so I was kind of the experiment. Like, they didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, yeah. all things considered, based on how their parents were, they were a vast improvement. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm looking in context and perspective and thinking yeah. they did the best they could with what they had, and they did pretty good, actually, yeah. in, in light of that. You know, how do I make sure that I improve on that? How do yeah. I, you know— You just begin to, and even things that rubbed you the wrong way that you look back and go, oh, actually, that was the wise thing. I didn't think it was because I was an idiot kid and they were the grownups. And now that I'm a grownup, I see that. That's not true for every situation, but maybe you can begin to see, hey, that person was hurting me. It doesn't make the hurt okay. It doesn't mean I'm saying it's okay, but they were abused as a child. Mm -hmm. And now I can see kind of how they were, you know, the pattern that that they're acting out. And it gives me a softer heart to, Mm -hmm. I can forgive it yeah. doesn't mean I'm I'm gonna subject myself to this yeah. hurt anymore, but I can forgive them because I have a greater understanding perhaps yeah. now.
1: I'm gonna take a slightly different question now. And I've heard this before, and there is different kind of views on this. At forgiving yourself. Oh, um yeah. so I've heard people say, Oh, I, I can phrase. I can forgive others. I'm struggling to forgive myself. Yeah. And I'll let the cat out of the bag. The reason I struggle with it is because you don't forgive yourself. Christ forgives you yeah. and you are forgiven in him. So what you're actually struggling with is not forgiving yourself. It's it's you're struggling to believe that Christ has indeed forgiven you. But maybe a chat on that because I f- I feel like when others wrong us, I think yes, we're we're saying be gentle, generous, kind, seek to forgive them. But what happens if you're out of a situation so, you know, just being open and honest, there was one pastor I was in I wasn't particularly great. It was in my young, naive days. I I wasn't doing a good job of being a pastor. And I laid the blame at someone else's feet. Now, the reality is that other individual did a lot wrong and and there is a lot of things there that needed to be forgiven. But as the years have gone by, what I've realized is actually I gave him a bad chessboard to play because I was a nightmare. And actually I'm learning that as I'm helping other young guys now enter into ministry, I'm looking, I'm going, Whoa, like what's going on there? Oh, hang on. I used to do that. And (laughs) there is that reality of like, I don't struggle with the idea of forgiving myself because actually you try and lean into Christ that he's forgiven you. But what about people that are listening that are struggling with this idea of, Oh, I can forgive them, but I I just can't get myself off the hook. I, I was really bad then. I deserved it. I'm struggling to forgive myself.
0: Yeah, a couple of things. I mean, I, I hate that phrase. Yep. I think it means something else. Uh, I wish yeah. we'd find other words for it. So it can be a couple of things. One can just simply be it's conviction, it's humility, mm. it's repentance. I'm at a point now where I realize I'm a sinner or, or I'm just imperfect. I messed yeah. up. Maybe I wasn't sinning per se in that, in that action or that pattern it just was, I was naive or I was ignorant or I, you know, was young or whatever it was. And I have regrets. Yeah. I have regrets about I could have done things better and, and more circumspect. Well, that's just humility. Don't get mired down in that in such a way that you, you know, kind of become, you know, so self-pitying. Yeah. But it could help you see, okay, that may mean like now there are things I don't see and don't know. And so that it can help me be hmm. somewhat humble and those sorts of things. So that can be a, a good thing. The way it becomes bad, I think, is when it becomes a means of depression and yeah. an inability to move forward and you're dwelling, I think that ties into what you were saying is like that's not inability to forgive yourself. that's an inability to embrace the forgiveness of God. Mm-hmm. And in a way, you're you're saying theoretically, I believe God forgives me, but I just can't forgive myself. I'm yeah. like, oh, are you holier than God? <laughs> yeah, like, you have a higher standard than yeah. God. yeah, like what power do you have that mm. God doesn't have? If he has forgiven you, you walk in that forgiveness. Yeah. You it's not even a category that you no. forgive yourself. You you're living in a guilt that's that's not a full embrace of the gospel. Mm-hmm. So it's not the gospel of your, you know, you know, forgiveness of yourself. It's an embrace of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So I think maybe unpacking what people mean by, by it, because it usually means something, something else. else. Yeah.
1: Pushing a little bit further into that again, how do you handle people that hold it against you? As and we've talked about us holding it against other people and yeah. actually what we're saying is no, it, it's time to let go of that. How do you handle that you're forgiven somebody else, but they just refuse to forgive you? And in fact, in their eyes, you're a horrible, dreadful yeah. person. You've talked a little bit about not holding that in your own mind, but... Do you have a responsibility to try and help that person forgive you? Is there something that you are meant to be doing to to kind of pull them towards forgiveness? Yeah. Do you know, I I'm thinking like the opposite side of the coin now. It's maybe not necessarily
0: your issue, but you're in that. So are you saying it's legitimately something that you, that you're yeah. repented of but yeah. they're not forgiving you? Yes. I don't know what you can do. I think proper repentance is is not pressuring somebody. Hmm. If somebody is struggling to forgive you, In your own mind, because this 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 could be really petty. Like, I mean, it really wasn't that big a deal. I didn't hurt you that bad. I apologize. You know, I still think for whatever reason, if they're struggling, one of the worst things you can do is press on them to forgive you. There may be times where that's appropriate. I can think in marriage, you know, perhaps. But in you know, you could have a conversation to say, "Hey, you know, I really hope you can forgive me." I think there's a way to phrase it, but to demand forgiveness or to say like, "You need to forgive me," (laughs) I think you let people you know come to that. through the guidance of the Holy Spirit and let your repentant actions be, you know, what moves them rather than your sort of requests or your uh, asking. Again, there's probably a way to do it. That's okay. But in general, I think the repentant heart isn't making demands of another person or putting expectations on another person. We've probably both been in that situation as well. And one thing I came to the conclusion was like, if I'm going to be forgiven, it has to be the Lord moving in their heart. The more I sort of pressure them and not even in like a nagging or mean Mm. way but if i'm putting this on them it's actually forestalling its ability to happen so i just need to live i need to love them to the best i can and and be repentant to the best of my ability with the lord's help and trust that the lord will do work in their heart and
1: they may play out a consequence so this is the this is like the final question that's in my head when people say that you need to forgive and to forget (laughs) So this can be played in two ways that people say, I forgive you and I'm not going to hold anything against you. And actually the Lord blesses you with forgetfulness that you don't remember that sin that was was played out against you. But is there ever a circumstance where we forgive and actually is it unbiblical not to forget and Mm. actually still have that record of wrong? Not a record that you are saying guilty, but a record of saying guilty and forgiven, but it's still there. Yeah. As in, because God doesn't hold a record of wrong against us once forgiven. Right. So is there ever a time where we should still hold a record of wrong for somebody else?
0: I think perhaps. This is why I like to frame forgiveness as sort of the foregoing of personal vengeance, because I don't think that means there are now no boundaries, no consequences, no. So just to think of like the corporate level church discipline, we can forgive someone and still say, you probably shouldn't be teaching mm-hmm. in the you know in this area for a while or yeah. or you know someone you know who disqualifies himself morally from a position of authority hey we can forgive you receive you as a member of the church like we can grant you repentance you know we see that that's genuine or we believe that's genuine mm-hmm. so you're part of the fold but you're not going to be a pastor for a while yeah. because of the qualification is that unforgiveness i don't think so i think you were saying we're not holding personal vengeance against mm-hmm. you we're not trying to punish you anymore but it's appropriate to have these boundaries. I think yeah. that can play out in a relational way yeah. too with, with folks to say, I mean, I, you know, I can think of a husband and, and wife and a husband who is caught multiple times using pornography or something where the wife would say, I forgive you. I genuinely forgive you. And I want to work towards mm. this being a forgotten thing in my mind. Yeah. But it's very difficult to forget that. Yeah. And when you try to be intimate with me in the months, maybe years following yeah. that experience, it's hard for me to push that out of my head. Yeah, is that unforgiveness? I don't think so. No. I think that's just a hurt. It's yeah. a, it's a wound that just needs time to heal. Yeah, and I think repentant people you know should understand that. Yeah, it comes back to that prayer of we often say
1: you know praying to help forgive somebody. There's a part of me that also thinks we should be praying. Should be that makes it sound law, but that we encourage people to pray for forgetfulness over other oh, sins sure. and forgetfulness over the consequences of those sins and. In essence, that's what we would love to get to is Christ-like forgiveness, which leads to a complete reconciliation and those records of wrong are just gone. Yeah. That's, that's what we would love to get to. And We know in this world that that is very difficult, if not yeah. almost impossible to completely have those forgetfulness. But I think certainly in a marriage, that's something that we set as a, a thing as a couple that old situations and old arguments and old sins should not press into current situations. We've grown, we've matured, we've differed. You know, we got married when we were 18. As an 18-year-old, I did said things, thought things that were so different to what it is now I'm in my 30s. And forgiving and forgetting about those things. I'm not saying it's necessarily a biblical concept, those two words, but the prayerfulness of, Lord, allow Miriam, allow me to forget those squabbles of 15 years ago. Mm. Let them not play a part in our lives Because we don't want them to play a part. Only only in a positive way. We learn a lesson. What were we arguing over? Uh, Who knows? You know, like level that. So yeah, I I think to kind of sum the whole thing up, it's hard to forgive, but hard does not mean you shouldn't. Yes, you should forgive. The how is even harder, I think. Once you've got to forgiveness, the how you actually kind of live that out is even harder. And I think the best thing that can happen is this is modeled by the leaders of your church. Yeah. that you actively see them as tender-hearted, kind individuals who forgive quickly and don't hold records of wrong unless it's appropriate in that situation in terms of just consequences that need to be put in place. Yeah. As the leaders model that, wow, well, that's that's a great example for members of the church to see Christ-like forgiveness lived out before them, which makes it a lot easier for them to live through as well.
0: I had this image when you were Talking earlier about, you know, things that can't be fixed on this side or, mm. um, you know, maybe something isn't. Of all these embraces in heaven, surprising <laughs> embraces yeah. between folks who, for whatever reason, can't quite get to reconciliation on this side. Maybe someone doesn't forgive. Maybe mm. someone doesn't repent, whatever it is. Or they both do that, but it's just create, it's still an uneasiness. Yeah. yeah, we're not it's not the same anymore. And there's probably a number of relationships. And then you see that person in heaven when all of the baggage and sin and everything yeah. is gone. The unfettered joy and the embrace of grace that we'll have with those folks. Oh, mm. We're made it. We're here together. Yeah. And it's perfect intimacy unhindered by anything. Yeah. To what extent can we pursue that here? here. Mm. You know, strive to be at peace as far as, as it depends on you. Strive to be yeah. at peace with all people. It Sometimes it won't happen because it also depends on them. Yeah. But as far as it depends on you, strive to be at peace, to seek how you can experience that yeah. on this side. And it's, as you said, it's not an easy thing. It's a difficult thing. But it makes so much of Jesus oh, yeah. who embraces us yeah. despite how much we have hurt. You've never yeah. met a wronged spouse like Christ, yeah. a sinned against abused person like yeah. Christ, and yet he pours out his life for us. So if you're looking for help in the difficult you know aspects of this. Look to the cross mm. and and ask the Lord for help. Yeah. Say, Jesus, I, I don't want to forgive, so help me want to. Yeah. Or Jesus, I want to forgive, but it's so hard. I don't. Yeah. I, I can't find out how or figure out how. Help me figure yeah. out how to what I should do. Ask the Lord for help. This is the kind of thing that magnifies him. And therefore, it's the kind of thing that he'll say yes to, I think.
1: And this speaks to so many of our podcasts running up to this, rediscovering your Bible and seeing how Mm. Christ has forgiven you, rediscovering your prayer life, that you can come to Christ and openly say, I'm annoyed at this person. And you can come to him and he's going to listen to you. Thinking about community together and actually coming together and going, I actually want to spend time with these people. I don't want it just to be a cursory thing that I say I forgive you and move on. Like, I guess what we're trying to say is don't take this episode in silo of all the previous episodes because forgiveness just doesn't come out of thin air. Do you know? It it comes from a, a gospel approach. It's developed in a community of believers and it's seen wholeheartedly when we are in prayer and in God's word, which leads
0: us to do these things. Yeah.
1: It's almost like you planned these episodes to, to go in this order.
0: <laughs> I didn't. In fact, I just threw this order together a yeah. couple of days ago. So, well, good. All right. Anything more to say? On no, the, I okay. mean,
1: I'm getting to the ends of these episodes. You need to and, go um,
0: beg for forgiveness for whatever stain well, is on the floor from your... it's not that
1: bad. It mainly went on my jeans. Oh, okay. Uh, but there
0: is a splash zone okay. on the ground. Well, we'll take so. care of that as soon as we're done here. Dear listener, if you enjoy the podcast, please give us a good review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And until next time, may Jesus be big in your church. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson, found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, where we train leaders for the church.